Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Well, hello, and thanks for listening. Today, we're going to talk about our women's ministry, which we call Legacy. We're going to discuss both the big picture vision for why we have a women's ministry and give information about a twist on an old favorite, our legacy groups. I know folks have missed those, and they are coming back. Um, I've got Jake Simmons with me. He's a pastor at CCK and oversees the women's ministry. And I've also got Michelle McKinley here. She's a longtime CCK member. And she's served as a legacy leader for years and has done one-to-one mentoring. So it's going to be fun to talk about this ministry and the upcoming plans. Um, can you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little more about you? And I know we're all big readers, so I want to hear what your best spiritual book or favorite of 2020 was. Hey, it's great to be on the podcast. And uh, Jake Simmons, a pastor here, married to Lauren. We've been married. It'll be... 12 years this July. We have four children, Asher, Vivian, Madeline, and Dane, and uh, love this church and became a Christian in this church um, in 2006. So grateful to be able to serve here as a pastor. And from a book perspective, just favorite book from 2020, I think was the question. I uh, There's two. I hope that's okay. But uh, my first one is going to be called a call to spiritual reformation priorities from Paul and his prayers. Um, I just have loved reading this book and DA it's by DA Carson. And he just, the subtitle is the greatest need for churches today is a deeper knowledge of God. And I just really appreciated. He walks through a number of the apostle Paul's prayers in the new Testament and his letters. And really it tries to inspire and encourage you with how to pray. And so I figured this past year was a good year to learn how to pray. And it's been very encouraging and inspiring to me. Second one, real quick, Devoted to God's Church, Sinclair Ferguson. I, It's an introductory book to the church. And I would just say, I think the church is more important now. It's always been important, always will be important. But I think just where we've been with the pandemic and COVID and not being able to gather like we would like to experience experience the fellowship that we would like to uh, a book like this just really um, further gave me great confidence in the church so I would recommend that as well hey there um, I'm Michelle McKinley and like Bethany said I've been in Cornerstone it's actually been since 1991 and um, I became a Christian through VFC and so kind of a I call myself a first fruit from after the founding of the church um, thinking about what I like to do. I'm an engineer, I graduated from UT and the Lord was kind and kept me here in Knoxville ever since. Um, just thinking about hobbies. I love to read. So this is great to ask about books, except that's a hard decision to make. Uh, I do like to run very, very slowly occasionally and hiking. And I have a dog that is crazy, but I love him. So, <laughs> but books. Oh my goodness. So I kind of started this one in 2020 and I'm still reading it now, but really um, I like gentle and lowly. And, you know, I first heard about it and it just seemed like trendy. And so I was suspicious, (laughs) Uh, but I feel the, the book is very good. It really um, 
delves deeply into what the Lord's heart is like. And I mean, he um, leans heavily on Puritans like Thomas Goodwin and I think Bunyan and probably Richard Sibbs and a few more. Um, And it makes me want to read them, which is really I, I, you know, you kind of think about Puritans and you're a little hesitant because of heavy language or whatever, but the, this book has just really helped me to see the value of older Puritan writers. And especially as they illuminate the Lord and they expound upon like one verse in such a way that it just, some of it's really affected me and blown my mind with who the Lord is and his heart towards me. And, and I think that will affect my faith long-term. So, Well, I think I should probably introduce myself as well. I haven't done that in a while on here. So I'm Bethany Shipp, and I host this podcast. I hail from West Virginia, but I've lived in Knoxville for 13 years. I'm married to Kevin, who's a pastor at CCK. And my background is as a physical therapist, and I worked in outpatient orthopedics for a number of years, but I've been home with my kids the last few years who are four, six, and nine. So they're just at a really fun ages. Um, I brought two books too, but I figured someone would say gentle and lowly. So I had a second choice, uh, which was delighting in the Trinity. Um, and so it's what it sounds like. It's talking about the Trinity and making you um, think deeply about God. And um, the chapter four on, was on the Holy Spirit. And it just, it so encouraged me. It was about the Holy Spirit, but really just all of Christian life. It corrected some ways that I think about the Holy Spirit that were wrong. Um, so that book made a big impact um, last year and was really encouraging. So that's my top choice. Um, Okay, so going into legacy stuff, um, I wanted to start by just flying high um, at the beginning. And so I wanted to ask Jake why we have a women's ministry. Um, What are we trying to achieve? And pastorally, what's the vision that you want the women of the church to have for this ministry? Yeah, thanks for asking that question. And, and, And I think it's wonderful that we have a women's ministry. And I think it really um, comes from like all things that we want to do in the church from scripture. And so I think the model that we have for women's ministry, the, the reason we have it, we want it to come from God's word and it's wanting to accomplish what God has for women in the church. And so the vision statement that we have for legacy is the legacy ministry, our women's ministry, its name is legacy seeks to serve our church and community by encouraging women in the celebration and cultivation of biblical womanhood through teaching events and ministry unique to women. And in the, the biblical text that informs and shapes our women's ministry comes from Titus two, three through five, which says older women Likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. And, And Susan Hunt, I think she's helpfully captured what this text is saying. She said, Titus 2 is the Great Commission made gender specific. And, and I love that because I think there's more than that's going on here 
than just talking about womanhood. It, it's talking about what does it mean to be a woman according to God's word. And so there is a vision. There is a mandate that scripture has for women that is different than what the world says. And so it's in the context of women's ministry is where we're able to seek to help women live as biblical women and to love what scripture teaches about biblical womanhood. And so I think, you know, one thing when you talk about Titus 2 is, is to remember the context of this verse. Uh, we didn't just do a word search for women and try to find a random verse for this, but I think the context of what is going on in Titus 2 is very important. And, and Paul here, he's encouraging a young pastor named Titus and with what he should be doing and leading the church. And, and Paul's providing wise counsel and categories for Titus to follow. And, and really the chief thing that, that Paul is encouraging Titus to do is to teach what accords with sound doctrine. So, so Titus, what he's called to do is to teach everyone in the church, men and women, both here is doctrine. Here is what is true. Make sure the whole church has a healthy doctrine, biblical doctrine, and, and I, I know that word may at times not be popular, but doctrine isn't meant to be boring. It's not to be unhelpful or, or irrelevant, but God's word is true. It's soul nourishing. It's joy producing. It's character shaping. And, and this is Paul's emphasis here. God's word, it produces lives that flourish, that are durable, that are fruitful. And so that's really the context in which Paul is unpacking. And, and so He's encouraging Titus, teach what accords to sound doctrine to the whole church, to men and women in the church. And then he goes from that and he's saying that this doctrine shouldn't only inform your minds, but it should shape your lives. It informs not only what you know about God to be true, but it also informs and shapes how you're to live. And so the Apostle Paul goes from inspiring Titus to here's what you're called to do. And then he begins to address men and women. And so he tells the older women, in light of the teaching that you have received, in light of the doctrine that you have received, now go and teach younger women how to live as women in this world. And, and I think it's important to understand that older women here is not just about age. It's not just saying that the older women who are older in age are to lead and teach the younger women. No, it's, it's marked. It's a it's all about maturity, a life marked by love for God and his word. And so I think that uh, it's important to get that. And so I love, I always go back, this Elizabeth Elliot quote, I love. And, and, and she says, the fact that I'm a woman does not make me a different kind of Christian. But the fact that I am a Christian makes me a different kind of woman. And so I think this is with our women's ministry, what we want is for women to come together who love God's word, who, want, who treasure God's word, who love Jesus, and they love God's call on their lives. And we want to encourage their faith with things related to biblical womanhood. And so what I love is, is thinking of older women becoming alongside younger women and helping and training and teaching and being an example for them. And so in our, in our women's ministry, when the women get together, we want to encourage their faith. There are examples to follow in our church. And so we're trying to encourage and foster that. And so from a pastoral perspective, there are women in this church that I respect greatly and that I am jealous 
for college students or younger women to get with and learn and benefit from and, and see their life and, and hear their stories of God's faithfulness and, and their love for following God's good design um, for, for women. So um, I hope that's helpful. Michelle, I just wanted to ask you, so we're talking about discipling um, women, discipling women, um, and that's kind of the goal here in this ministry. Um, so how would you define discipleship? You know, I think I would define discipleship as, and this is a little bit less structured, but like intentional words or conversations between two people sharing life. And those conversations can be made up of encouragement or prayer or biblical truth or just someone giving someone else an outside perspective. But also I feel like these conversations are places, it's safe places to ask questions. People who are ahead of you are a little bit more seasoned in an area to just be able to draw them out on something that you might be struggling with. Any follow-ups, Jake? Yeah. So I, yeah, I'd add a couple of things. And I do think like the basic definition of being a disciple is a follower. And so I think whether people realize it or not, we, everyone is following someone. Everyone is, is shaping their life um, around something, whether they realize it or not. And so I think, um, at its basic level, being a disciple is being a follower of Jesus, and, and discipleship is helping, is learning how to follow Jesus and become like him more. Um, I think first, though, in our discipleship, and in, in talking about discipleship, we can begin with, okay, this is what we do in our discipleship, but I think the conversation actually has to start with what God has done in making it possible to be his disciple. And so I think with, with um, talking about discipleship, I just think it's, an, it's important to remember that, that um, discipleship, we always go back to not what we are doing, not doing what we are called to do, but also what has God done? And discipleship is, is all about faith. And so we're following after someone that we believe in, that we trust in, um, and so in our discipleship, we want to encourage faith and confidence in Christ and, and who he, he is. Um, and so I think that's where with the work of discipleship, it's all about following Jesus and and becoming more like him and loving what he loves and hating what he hates. And I agree with Michelle. It's a place where you can ask questions. Um, nobody comes into the Christian life and has it all figured out. That's why God has given us one another, because we need each other. Um, and so I think part of the discipleship thing is helping other people see that it's okay not to know. But let, where are we going to find out? And it's helping people know what it looks like to follow Christ and to know him. So. Well, Michelle, Jake shared kind of his pastoral vision for um, this kind of discipleship, but I thought we could talk about that too. Um, why do you think it's important for older women to mentor um, younger women? I was just thinking about what Jake had said, that we can't do this by ourselves. And therefore, it's very uh, important 
to look around and see who else is in the body who's ahead of you and who has uh, walked through things in a, in a different seat is in a different season has walked through things that similar you might be struggling with. Uh, those are, we're all part of the body. And so we're growing together. And I think being a mentor or being a discipled by an older woman is just another aspect of that, right? Into helping us to grow up into the head, which is Christ. Yeah, I I personally love this topic just because it's made such a huge impact on my life. And um, I just see the wisdom of God in this model. And um, just like Jake said, I think when you look at the book of Titus in the context of Paul wants to help Titus set up a flourishing church that um, is just full of gospel community and that's impacting a godless culture. And that's what we want in our church too. And so um, I just think it is really beautiful when you see it fleshed out and, you know, when, when you kind of look at maybe the curriculum, as you might call it, that Paul gives, um, I kind of see in here that he's talking, emphasizing two things. One is godly character um, and the other is kind of unique callings that women have. And so he talks about with character, like being reverent, having self-control with our actions and our words, being kind and pure. And these things are all about Christ like this. And so they remind me of the fruit of the spirit. And, um, and that's the fruit of the spirit of Christ, of who God is. And so older women should help younger women grow in Christ like character. Um, but he's also practical. He addresses the callings that these young women have in their homes and families talking about being a loving wife and mom, a submissive wife and being busy at home. And I think this speaks not only to the unique roles that women have, but also how they contribute to the health of this church. And um, I think women being faithful there has such a huge impact on the whole church community by creating flourishing marriages and children um, who who are growing up in Christ and creating homes where ministry can occur. And I think we see that in our, our, our church with so many women who are doing this, but I think even for the women who don't fit this category of being a wife and a mom, the, the context makes it clear that the godliness that we're striving for is for every age and situation. You know, Paul addresses older men and women. He addresses Titus as a pastor. He addresses bond servants And so he wants them all to adorn the gospel in their season and situation. And so when I think of Michelle, I just, she has such a wonderful opportunity to to mentor um, women and what it looks like to be a godly single woman, Um, what it looks like, what godliness looks like in the workplace. And she's such a great example of being a spiritual mother for years um, and building up her church family. So I think this is a vision that's really for everyone, um, regardless of who you are, these principles apply of loving the gospel, loving doctrine, loving what the Bible says, and then helping others apply it to the situation that they're in. Um, so I think it's a high and exciting calling for women and, um, one that we should be serious about and, um, ask the Lord for grace to, to accomplish. So I, uh, I think one thing that's helpful to think about is we live in a time where new is better. There is a sense to where, um, C.S. Lewis would call it chronological snobbery that the, the new and improved ways are better. 
And I think in the church, one thing that I love about this vision for men and women, but particularly talking about Titus too, is that there's great value in younger women pursuing the older women. And there's value. There is a value that older, that mature women have and that the younger women need to be with them. I think our culture is saying that, no, we can move on. We've moved on from this and there's a better way. Um, but I think in the church, what I love is for um, these younger women to to really be with the older women and hear, hey, there's nothing new under the sun. Um, and a lot of the stuff that you're hearing right now and seeing, um, let me tell you about my experience and let me tell you about God's faithfulness. Um, let me tell you about what it means to be a woman in this culture and to love biblical womanhood and practice it courageously and full of faith. And let me tell you my story and let me tell you what God has taught me. And, and, and so um, I just see it as a place and source of strength and a place and source of wisdom. And so I just really want to encourage, especially the older women that you're needed, um, that you're needed in this church, your wisdom is needed. And the younger women, I would encourage you to really pursue the older women because they have great wisdom and insight um, from their faith and trust and walking with God and knowing him. I just saw this quote uh, that, like yesterday um, that relates to that from a blog. And it says, why don't we get more excited about the older women and men in our lives who are finishing well? They speak of the Lord and his kindness, pray, read the word, show up at church every week and serve others. They're less moved by shiny things and more by familiar things. They tear up when they hear words like this is my body, which is broken for you. These people are champions of grace in our midst. Let's esteem these oaks among us and strive to burn to likewise burn long and not just hot ourselves. Anyway. Amen older people teach you it's like they don't they'll, they'll say we don't have life figured out but we've learned how to trust god and we've learned how to see his faithfulness and i think that's a that's part of being in the church is that you were you're you're able to be with those those women and learn from them and hear what they have to say and learn just about their character and see it and their love for god and his his creation of woman and why it's good and his calling and um, in every st stage of your life and everything that he's done, there's just good to be had. And so to be with those women and to benefit from that is so significant. And so I'm excited for, for you to, to pursue that and to be with those ladies. So, well, I thought it would be fun to talk about, um, just thinking of the ways we've been discipled over the years. Uh, I just wondered what comes to mind when you think of that and are there any things that you think of as key ingredients to an effective discipling relationship or even program? You know, thinking about the different women who've been in my life that have poured into me, uh, I think it's been time, just time being around them and listening to them um it's not i don't even know that they would say that they were discipling me because they might not have realized it and so thinking about that i thought there's you know there's two aspects of key ingredients there's the the what the older woman aspect if you use titus 2 language and the younger woman aspect and like what they bring to the table and so for older women i would think to always have careful words and be intentional in what you say and how you say it. Think through the impacts of what you're saying. Uh, to listen well and to 
you know, really um, just be quiet and listen to what they're saying, even if you don't necessarily understand it, ask questions if you don't understand. And then I think a lot of times people can get hung up on the idea that they have to have it figured out and that they have to be together. And here's someone talking to me about something I have no idea about. And actually, I think that's a really good situation because you don't have to have all the answers. You, you know, what you do is just you go to the Lord and you pray and you look in his word. And I think in that activity that you're modeling, that older woman is modeling how we walk through life. And a lot of the time we don't have answers to situations, but the Lord does and his desire is for us to come to him. So, so that's for the older lady, older woman, for the younger woman, I would say to be attentive, just listen and to be humble. And, and, you know, sometimes people say things to me and I don't understand what they mean. And then if I think about it later, I'm like, Oh, I understand now. So just maybe even if something doesn't seem to make any sense to just kind of maybe think through it over time, because a lot of times they may see stuff that you don't have the the outside perspective to see. And so it's just helpful to think through it and just watch what they do. What do they do well? Um, So yeah, lots of different thoughts in there. When I think of um, discipleship that I've experienced from others over the years, uh, what comes to mind is that it's been very multifaceted. So it's not, there's just been a lot of variety and it started with my mom my grandmother's aunts, women in the church I grew up in. Um, I, I was blessed have had, I feel like I've always been able to go to conferences with women who've taught scripture very well. Um, and I've read, been able to read a lot of great books. And so it's the, it's been quite, um, diverse in terms of whether it's very formal or informal, even the degree of relationship can be different, but I can still learn from people that maybe I don't know them well, but I'm observing. Um, so I just, I I think of all these women who I would say have discipled me in one way or another, who've encouraged my faith, who've been amazing examples. Um, just so encouraging to watch and the level of relationship and closeness has, has been quite variable. Um, so that was kind of what I thought of It's it's looked very different in different seasons and with different ladies. Um, but the ingredients I thought of were humility and scripture. So um, I think it just takes humility to even have the thought that you need to learn from someone else or that you could learn from someone else. Um, it's admitting that you're a sinner, that you're weak, that you don't have it all together. Um, and so I think that's a really important foundational category to have is that you need others and you need to learn from them. And I think even for the person who's maybe more in the mentor position, the humility of admitting your failures and sometimes teaching from those um, and the humility to listen to someone else, to care about their, what, what they're talking about, what they care about, that really takes humility. Um, And then just to share honestly with someone about your life, it, it really does take, um, humility and then to, to listen well and draw them out. And then also just God's word has to be central. We're not, the goal is not, we're to teach what is good and, um, what is good is God and his word. It's not 
so much about our opinion or our preferences or our experience, although those could be good categories and the things we can teach from, but we're really helping others apply God's word to their life. And you don't have to be a Bible scholar to do this. You don't have to be able to read Greek, but you do have to read your Bible (laughs) and try to apply it to your life. And um, you want to love God and love his word and and help others do that. And so um, I do think scripture needs to be central to what we're trying to teach and encourage others in. And, and um, so those were the ingredients that I had. I, uh, you know, one thing that, and I agree with what you guys have said, I think one ingredient that I would just strongly encourage that I think at times we can miss or even assume is the importance of the church in our discipleship. And, and so I think that when you come on Sunday mornings, you are being discipled, you are being taught, you are being shaped, you are being formed. Um, and so I think that there is a personal side to discipleship, but I would also say that when God saves us, he not only saves us individually, but he also brings us into his people. And, and I would say that for me, I needed the church, uh, being saved in college. Uh, the Lord took me out of my sin that I loved and was indulging in, and he put me with people. So when I think of discipleship, I think of many different people in different ways that were investing in me. And the only reason that happened was because I was in a local church. And the only reason that was possible was because I was in the, in a local church. And so sure, I was in a college ministry and I had a lot more time in college and I was able to do a lot more and but college ended, but, and I, and, and I moved on, but the church is still there and the church is always going to be there. And so I just, I would encourage, um, when I think about discipleship, I'm so grateful for the church. And I think that churches have been established and being part of a church is so important. So I just would say, don't minimize that. Don't minimize Sunday mornings. Don't minimize community groups. Don't minimize your serving. Don't don't minimize these things to where these are all discipling or discipleship moments. Now, I wouldn't I would agree that there is an individual side to this and you can pursue that. And um, it looks differently at different times. And it's this is a big question. But I would just I really wanted to highlight like the importance of the church that has to be in the conversation and that has to stay in the conversation um, because that's really what God is building. He's building his church and, and, and the church is his good gift to us that we need it. And so just to encourage you to, to really see your participation in the church is part of your discipleship. Yeah, that's good. Cause I think we can maybe feel like, oh, we just need to add all these things. And it is encouraging to think, hey, if you're going to church and you're fellowshipping with other believers, going to community group, there's a lot that's happening in that, that God wants to accomplish in terms of becoming a disciple of Christ. So that's helpful. Um, 
Well, as I mentioned, we are going to begin legacy groups again. We took a break to roll out our one-to-one mentoring program in between that and the pandemic. It's been a few years since we've done them. For those who are new, um, legacy groups were a small group format where we gathered to do a, a Bible or book study. Uh, it's been a great way to promote discipleship and relationship among women who might not otherwise get to know each other. Um, this year, we're going to model the study after the Foundry men's groups that they've been doing for a couple years. They've used a booklet filled with articles or book chapters on various topics to read beforehand and then discuss together. So we're going to do that as well. So Jake, based on your experience with the Foundry, what are the benefits to this format? Yeah, I, I have found the the foundry has been really effective uh, for the men, and I, I I am praying and hoping that it'll serve the women. Um, um, it's just good for the men and now for the women just to be together, and so I and to be able to for an hour or hour and a half be able to sit together and to be able to have focused conversation. You know, we live in a world to where. There's, there's so much information and there's so much that we have to process. And I, I have found that being able to pick one topic that is relevant, that is applicable to our lives. So with the men picking various topics that, um, that we can focus on for them, but then also for the women and, 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 and some of that, there's some overlap and be able to say, okay, you're going to be able to share your lives to, to not just focus on the reading and the content, which is all good, but it's really what I have found is just being together and being able to talk in a more matter of fact, focused way. And so um, not only the discussion, but also being able to hear testimonies and being able to hear God's, how God's worked in these specific ways in people's lives. So um, that has proven to be real fruitful um, that I'm excited about um, praying together, being able to not only discuss content and truth, not only be able to hear how it has been lived out in other people's lives, but then to take the next step of being able to pray together and being able to ask that God would work and apply these truths. I just think those those elements all together, um, it's just it's good biblical Christian fellowship. And so to be able to take that and then be able to focus it on the call for women, for the foundry, for the call of men from scripture, um, I think that it, it, it serves. And um, I think that we live in a day and age where these things, I think we're beginning to see are very important and um, they're going to be seen as more and more radical, you could even say. Um and I think that to have that encouragement um, to, for, the, for the women, as I think about you all coming together in this context and being able to say, okay, we're going to talk about reading the Bible for an hour or an hour and a half. That's just good for your soul. We're going we're gonna to talk about what it looks like to glorify God as a woman. That's just good. That's just needed. We need like you need to be able to sit down and and have those conversations and to learn from one another and to ask questions and to humble yourself and say, I'm having a hard time in this area. Um, it's just good for our souls. Um, and it's a gift of being part of the church to, to be able to be with people that that we are not only fellow believers, but we're part of the same church family. 
And so not only are you able to talk on um, when you when you meet together, but you also see one another on Sunday morning. Maybe you meet later in the week and follow up with one another. It just it creates these relationships that I think will um, serve and hopefully create more and more of those conversations. So, Michelle, as you look over the material that we're going to cover, what are you most excited about? I think all of it's going to be really good. So I don't know that I can necessarily pick one of of the readings that we're going to do. Um, But I think one of my favorite things, things that make me excited is to sit around that table and talk with the ladies who are there and just kind of hear what they think about the the subject that we've read. Because so often people come and they say something I've never even thought about. And it just, it makes the reading of that item more just fuller and um, that dynamic, that synergy that comes from everybody being around the table and sharing different thoughts. So I'm excited about that. The last topic we're going to cover is about um, finding or being an older woman. And we're going to use chapter four from my favorite book on this topic, Adorned by Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth. And um, I'm just excited about to talk about this going into the summer and um, hopefully going into a season where we can meet together and be together more coming off a season where that was not the case, especially with older folks. Um, I just hope it really encourages us to go into the summer thinking about these kinds of relationships and being around each other more and being around older folks more who will hopefully be vaccinated and all these things. And, um, and so that gets me really excited. Um, just thinking about that, I, I participated in a, a panel where we talked about discipleship for VFC. And Maddie Manili said that she feels like this topic is like going to a middle school dance where everyone wants to dance, but no one knows how to make the first move. So like the older women feel awkward kind of volunteering themselves. And the younger women are like, I'm not real sure. Should I just ask someone? And then maybe you've had disappointments on both sides. I don't know. So I just think it'll be really good to talk about it. And what are the expectations? How can we make this work? What does it look like for you? And so um, I think just getting that literally on the table will be a good thing. Um, and hopefully just take everything that we've talked about in this conversation further into the summer. So, well, thank you guys for participating and talking about this. Um, ladies who are members of the church should be getting an email with details about the legacy groups. Um, for those who are guests, if you want to go to cckchurch.com and go to the women's ministry tab, you should be able to find details and signups there. Um, so I hope people will participate and that it will serve everyone. And thanks again, guys, for participating. And thanks to everyone who listened. Thank you.